All good. All good. Now, you pair of fuckers go easy on me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapman Podcast. Sapman. Sapman. You are listening to episode 132 of this Sapman Podcast with Sean Smith, that's me, and my good friend Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And this week, we've booked a guest uh. who's always <laughs> promoting the spirit oh, of rock prick. and roll. <laughs> oh, God, I was. Do you know what? As we started recording this, I was like, "What do we?" I was thinking about the intro, and I was like, "Oh, God, alive pun! Ah, you can't do any fucking puns. It's, no, no, still man. I had to find it. a way, um, didn't I? I? Had to find a way, and I was excited to see your reaction, as always. Yeah, <laughs> and as usual, it's one of uh, dismay. Anyway, yes, this week's guest is legendary Live Nation promoter. Sir Andy Coppin. He's not a Sir yet, so I don't know why I've said that. But yes, uh, the fantastic Andy Coppin, um, who is behind the fantastic, wonderful, amazing Download Festival. Yes, well, I like to call him the big boss man behind the iconic Download Festival and Live Nation. He's someone who's become an important figure to the music industry, never mind everybody's summers. So with Download 2021 originally supposed to go ahead this weekend before the obvious COVID cancellations, we thought we'd invite the mayor of Donington Park himself on to share some festival secrets, incredible memories, and keep that download spirit alive. He's someone that you just cannot put into words how big he is in the industry, Sean. Yes, and I love how we've both now given him false titles and he doesn't know. <laughs> you said Mayor of Donington yeah. and I've said Sir Andy Coppin. Big boss man. Jesus is it like he's got them all now? He can just pick wherever yeah. one he wants. Yeah, but um, yeah, as, as you rightly said, um, well, he's massive. He's a massive part of the UK and rock music industry. I've been lucky enough to know him for whoa, 15 years, maybe, maybe mm. longer than that. Maybe even longer than that, actually. I, I met him through Johnny Phillips. And, um, yeah, he's been absolutely lovely to me. And we even talk about it in the um, podcast. Like, yeah, he um, he kind of put us on download when he didn't really get on with the guy who was booking the blackout at the time or whatever. And that's kind of not unheard of, but normally 
festival bookers don't really bother if they don't, you know, if there's a rift somewhere. Because, mm. you know, at some point someone's got to deal with the booking agent. So, yeah, he was fantastic to us. So um, he was always lovely, always stopped to talk to us. Yeah, when we when we went in 2019, um, we stopped for a chat. And, um, yeah, it's lovely to see him. So uh, it was great to connect again and... I've enjoyed this one very, very much. Yeah, he's such an important figure behind the scenes in music and he's helped so many bands and reach so many dreams. But we should mention that Downloads Festival have just announced a very special pilot event that's going to be taking place in a couple of weeks time on the 18th to the 20th of june now this is actually live music with people there sean fuck it who would have thought that's happening what? again i know right so this 10,000 capacity event is going to be a part of a very special UK government scientific research plan. There's going to be moshing allowed. There's some great bands from around the UK, including Bullet for My Valentine, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, Enter Shikari, and a host lot more. And tickets are available right now if there's any left. So head over to downloadsfestival.co.uk for more information on it and how you can get yourselves there. Hopefully we'll be invited because, I mean, yes. it would be nice to see Andy and well, Mosh. I think, I think, yeah, after what we've just said, the two <laughs> titles we've given him and the um, the slight rimming he's had on the way into this uh, interview, yeah. um, I reckon, you know, least he could do, least he could do. So, yeah, please, please, Andy, we'd like that very much if you listen to this. We would. We would very, very much. But it's just nice to see that even though we shouldn't get carried away yet, this is just a research plan in line with the UK government. It's great that live music is already starting to take place again. But uh we don't really talk about it in this episode because the pilot was something that was arranged very last minute. There was a... There's an inkling that it may or may not happen. And at the time of recording, Andy didn't really want to mention anything because of how sensitive things can be due to COVID restrictions and get things wrong. But with that being said, we do touch on a host of amazing topics from everything of what goes on behind the scenes in making a festival like this happen each and every year to some bands you wouldn't believe he's tried to book for download in the past. Plans to campaign for more equality across music, his famous cowboy hat and endless and I mean endless draw-dropping stories about everyone from Metallica to Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, Iron Maiden, Slayer, Van Halen, Paramore, Blink-182, Jay-Z, Kanye West, and even fucking Bross. Mad, isn't it? Mad. <laughs> it's mad. Um, but I just have to state, um, his stories are... They do end. So if you think um, you are going to be listening to this podcast for the rest of your life, that is not true. This has probably been cut down to around an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into Alan Partridge. I turned into, oh my God. Full oh. Alan, I went full Alan Partridge and I didn't mean to. Do, oh my good Lord. Oh, oh wonderful. Brilliant. But yeah, wonderful. It, was, it was so good to talk to Andy and yeah, Bros stories. Yeah. Mad. Who would have thought? Who would have thought it? But it's just going to be amazing to get a behind the scenes perspective into one of the biggest festivals 
well, in the world, really. Um, but before we get into the conversation, just a reminder, if you enjoy myself and Sean talking absolute bollocks to your favorite guests each and every week on this podcast, we would very much appreciate it if you could head over to patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Over there, you can help us create this podcast and get involved with a wonderful community of people who have taken Sapning on stride and have just become the best of friends from it. Yes, uh, we love everybody so far. Um, well, no, we love everybody who's involved with our Patreon. If you're thinking about doing it, we, we appreciate all the support. And uh, yeah, it all goes back into keeping this podcast going. And we are now looking to buy some new gear so we can make this even better now that we've uh, established that we can do this online a lot as well but yes we cannot wait to get back into rooms with people so uh yeah check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin and uh let us know any ideas you have for episodes guests um any questions you have about anything on our social media that's on instagram and twitter at sapninpod that's at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Yes, please do. We would appreciate it very, very much. But with all of that being said, let's Oh, get... wait a second. Whoop. Whoop. Hold that. If you're not part of the Patreon, mm-hmm. the least you can do mm-hmm. is share our posts. Oh, right? yeah. If you... Yeah. So, yeah, if you're like, oh, you know, I can't afford it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But it doesn't cost you to give us a retweet or something, does it? So do us a favour, give us a retweet on everything you see from now on. Thank you very much. Carry on, Morgan. There you go. That's a good point, because if you are listening to this, most likely the majority of people will be involved in a group chat of some sort about Download Festival or other festivals. Tell you what, send them the link to this conversation starter and you can have a laugh. And do you know why you can have a laugh? Because we talk to the fucking absolute top bloke that is andy copping right now on sapnin podcast in the words of iron maiden scream for me sapnin (laughs) (laughs) before you did that before you did that last bit right which in my soul right hurts right before you did that yeah I was just about to say, we, we could probably be headlining in a download stage by the amount of um, butt-kissing we've done of Andy Copping mm. for this episode. And then you went and did that, so... Um, oh, I'm looking for a new co-host. Get in touch at Sapmanpod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-M-P-O-D. DM. Uh, Morgan won't read the DMs. Uh, anyway, let's go on with Sapman! Sapman. Oh, scream for me, Sapman. <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sapnin! 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 Yes! yes. <laughs> he did it! I'm in the he game. did it! I'm in the yes. game! <laughs> this week's guest is um promoter and all-round legend Andy Coppin yes. of Live Nation and Download Festival. How are you, Andy? I'm really good, really good. We, I, I remember when you first started this. And I'd got word back that I wanted to be on it, and it's taken this long. <laughs> yeah. uh, you obviously didn't rate me high enough. So <laughs> no, I'm coming as a Z lister. Um, <laughs> no. But I'm here. And I'm, listen, I'm happy. I'm not knocking it. But where the fuck were you all those months ago when I thought I was top of the tree? <laughs> well, we were waiting. We were waiting for Download 2020 to come and speak to you. Yeah. But um, for, for some reason, selfishly, rather than be on Sapling Podcast, <laughs> you cancelled a whole festival just yeah. to get away from us. Uh, yeah, not only once, I did it twice. You know, I, <laughs> I know. I mean, that says a lot, Andy. That says a lot. He's very <laughs> nervous. He's very nervous today about this because of that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, thank you anyway for taking the time. We, we all know how much of a busy man you are behind the scenes and stuff. So how are things for you? How has this last kind of year been, despite all the uh, cancellations and awful news? Well, it's bizarre, you know, because this time last year, I was still of the belief that we would have got download 2020 away. COVID had kind of kicked in. Um, we were coming towards the end of April thinking, yeah, I think we're still going to be okay. A lot of festival organisers, concert promoters, etc., everybody in the entertainment industry was still thinking that we'd have a summer. And then, you know, we just, the realism hit that um, summer was definitely not going to happen. Um, and we had to start, you know, uh, kicking things down the road. We were one of the first events, big festivals in Europe that uh, had to cancel. And then it was like a domino effect. You saw a lot of the other big festivals in Europe, Pink Pot, Verta, Rock and Ring, Rock and Park, Grass Pot, Hellfest, etc. All, um, you know, having to move to 2021. Uh, and we were all hoping that the end of the summer uh, would have been okay and that you know, festivals like Reading Leeds and Creamfields and all of those other uh, events towards the end of the summer would happen. Next thing was we were thinking, well, we might see shows in September. Then that rolled into, well, we'll probably get some shows in towards the end of 20. 
And it just, I don't know, as the weeks went by, it just got pushed later and later and later. And here we found ourselves in 2021 having, having to cancel uh, the early part of the summer. Um, and we've moved to 22. I guess the plus side is obviously now the vaccines uh, here in the UK and being rolled out, you know, crazy quick. 40 million people, as we talk today, uh, have been vaccinated. Um, a big proportion have had the second one. So I think that the the events towards the end of this summer um, have got a real chance, you know, um, and we'll, we'll see them happening, which will be great. And then obviously we can look at next year to be a lot closer to some kind of normality. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, you know, it's, it must be really hard behind the scenes for you guys because as much as you want to be optimistic and work hard and everything, and because downloading itself is something that the whole team plan way in advance from every aspect of the festival. So with all these restrictions and stuff, it must just be hard to kind of plan for the future, even though you don't know what's going to change tomorrow, whether it be positive or negative. Well, you, you, you're absolutely right. And it has been tough as everybody's talked about in our industry, whether it's, you know, the, the, the crews, the suppliers, the PA companies, the trucking, everybody's taken a, a real kick in. And, and obviously we have to uh, lock these people in uh, and get them booked, you know, for us to build the site. Yeah, it's been tough having to do that um, two years on the bounce. Listen, everybody's understanding. Everybody's kind of dug in deep, um, and we're all focusing on uh, you know on next year. A, a lot more optimistic about it. Everybody, thankfully, is you know raring to go. And as I said earlier, we we should hopefully be in a position to get everything locked in, booked in, and moved along. Uh, as per normal and get ourselves back into Donington with a full team, the, you know, the, the production department and uh, everybody else involved um, back there for June 22. I know it's a bizarre, bearing in mind it's, you know, it's so far away. Yeah. I think everyone is busting for a, an event or a festival like that, especially with the community of Download Andy. So fingers crossed we can all get back to that field sooner rather than later. No, definitely, and I, I think, as I say, if we if we can get the uh, you know these end of summer events away, um, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be, I think that's going to give people like a real taste of you know what we've been without this for nearly two years, and 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 22 will be will be a bumper year. Oh yeah, I imagine it's going to be insane in the best <laughs> possible way. No, for sure. I mean, people say it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties again. It's like, yeah, and I actually believe that's what that's what's going to happen when we get get through this. And we've certainly seen it when you know the, the whole roadmap thing started and dates were put in place. That it was like a absolute fucking gold rush for people going out, and going. Well, that's okay from June twenty one or whenever it is. We're going out, like Reading and Leeds sold out, Creamfield sold out, Isle of Wight that got moved sold out. Like, all of these events have see, just seen a massive surge of people going, well, if, we're go if we can go out, I'm buying my ticket, which is really encouraging. People 
there's no question about it is they just want to get let off the leash and just get going yeah yeah well that's the thing i suppose that's a concern um that a lot of places would have had is that are people you know going to want to go to shows soon or whatever but i think yeah like you said the way it's going now by the end of the year september time we'll hopefully have some shows back and some tours or whatever and then 10th 10th to the 12th of june 2022 hmm. we're in the famous field having a fucking right old laugh and i, I can't wait so i mean there's no reason yeah. why we should and the thing is is people are going to want to make up for the two years of download that they've missed oh, so yeah. oh yeah i think sure. it's going to be a it, it's going to be like a crazy carnival a real celebration um yeah i mean it's just i mean it, it normally is anyway for download but i think this will be it will be uh, uh times 10 when it comes down yeah exactly exactly well that's the thing i think a lot of listeners tuning into this will be fed up of hearing about covid and all this they're cancelling all their plans and activities and stuff so let's stay on the positive a bit let's celebrate the spirit of download festival because we all wish we could be there right now um i mean when you look at what it actually has become with the spirit of download i alluded to the community because it does feel like every year people getting together at Donington Park there is that togetherness compared to other festivals where everyone is just excited to see each other if it's the excuse for meetups for the first time in a year or just special events I, I know people who have been proposed and even married at Download Festival I know people who have conceived childs yeah. download festival yeah so when you see how far it's come from 2003 obviously building on monsters of rock back in the day is it just insane uh, on that evolution and growth well you know monsters of rock was really the 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 beginning and we were so lucky when we launched download back in 2003 to go back to um um you know the hallowed turf at castle donnington and at, Don uh, at, at donnington park and there was something very special about that festival way back when. And, um, you know, when we decided to launch Download, it was very much like the, the, the son of uh, Monsters of Rock, if you like. And the thing is, is when you go on site, and uh, obviously I'm there a lot, even when there's nothing going on, there's just something about the site. It's like this living, breathing entity. And the amount of people... Uh, that you know when we do download and they say it's like coming home i mean as a festival organizer you ca you can't ask for anything more than that it's just the fact that the the fans have taken the festival to their hearts listen they're super critical about everything that goes on because <laughs> they, they, it, the, the festival belongs to them and rightly yeah. so when we said this right at the beginning when we first started doing like the advent of the, uh, the the internet really with uh, social media and chat rooms and forums and everything else that all started at the same time as we launched download we embraced it we uh, spent a lot of time and a lot of resource of getting the fans involved in the festival telling us what they wanted what they liked what they disliked what improvements and that still goes on to this day drives me fucking crazy <laughs> but it's so important to the festival maintaining its status within the musical calendar that we do have that connection uh, with the fans the, the festival is nothing 
without the fans. The bands that play are nothing without the fans. And, you know, they have to be applauded. They have to be listened to. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been a big, big help to us on driving the festival forward year in, year out. Um, and, you know, if you think how long that we've been running there um, and still going solid, still doing some uh, like amazing numbers, 70, 80, 90, sometimes over 100,000 people uh, every year. Uh, some years are obviously bigger than others, um, but, you know, there's a core of people that would come to download regardless of who's playing, which is amazing. They just, as you say, they want to meet up with friends. They want to uh, discover new bands, you know, make new friends and just hang out. And it's just the vibe of the, of the whole event. We're really lucky to have that. And, and something that I picked up a few years ago was the amount of people that get the download dog, like the, the logo, yeah. tattooed on their bodies. I don't know of any other festival in the world. You don't see anybody with a Glastonbury tattoo. You don't <laughs> see anybody with a Coachella tattoo. No. At very no. best, at very best, you might be able to mistake a Leeds festival for a Leeds football club tattoo. <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> that's as close as you're going to get. But I mean, is, is it um, insane that people yeah. think that much of the event? I mean, I, 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 I met one guy because we've changed the download dog, you know, he's evolved over the years. He's got about six different download dogs tattooed on different parts of his body because wow. he wants to follow you know the uh, the evolution is he, of the dog is he ang is he angry with you then for all the changes you've <laughs> made to the dog because no, you could have saved him I, just one tattoo like. i say dad get another tattoo it's more promotion for the brand yeah. come on thank dad. you for the support dad he's great <laughs> <laughs> well funny funny you mentioned the forums because um somebody um from our patreon from the podcast got in touch with me today to say that um in the download forums somebody's asked people uh people who they met in bands who were twats and guess who came up it was sean smith from the blackout oh, came up oh, yeah, yes! I'm, I'm sorry I, I i had to say that yeah, <laughs> I noticed it was under your fake is. account, Gre Gregory George King. I was like, oh, that went. I, I did this real quick. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I moved my head really fast. And I worked out the anagram of Gregory George King. And I was like, that's definitely Andy Coppin. <laughs> definitely. Um, but apparently, somebody else had also had to go Benji Webb, but didn't realize Benji Webb's in the group. So, yes, <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I love, yeah, I just love stuff like that. I love family, like families, because like, we've kind of created one with the community of this podcast. And yeah, to, you've done it on like an obviously much massive scale, the biggest scale you could possibly fucking do it on. And yeah, it's just, it's just amazing to see. And people, like you said, people just love download, go into download. It doesn't matter who's playing. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just fucking, it's, it's amazing to see. And, uh, yeah, the headliners next year are going to be um, Kiss, Iron Maiden, and Biffy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fight, Finally. It, it, it's so bizarre because Iron Maiden were going to be headlining in 2020, and then they couldn't headline in um, in 21 for this year. So uh, Biffy had, had come in, and, and they were replacing Iron Maiden, and then in 22. System of a Down can't play, so, but Maiden could. So I had this spinning plate, shuffling things around, you coming off the subs bench, you're off the pitch. <laughs> and 
it's honestly, it, it's absolutely, it's been crazy trying to put the whole picture of it together. But, you know, I'm really happy with, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be Kiss's uh, last time out. Um, the last time they played at Download with their production and everything was insane. And we know that they're going to go crazy again. Maiden are going to be doing Legacy of the Beast, which is like their uh, greatest hits. And that tour that they did, although it was only like a short tour of the UK, was absolutely insane. Um, and the fact that they're bringing that to Download and, and that it is like a, a greatest hit show is amazing. And then, you know, I mean, Biffy a Biffy. I mean, what a great yeah. band. And again, yeah. put on a phenomenal production and, and a band that, you know, we've seen grow through the ranks of Download. Mm. They played, you know, low on the bill on the second stage uh, right in the very beginning. And they've just worked, worked their way up. And obviously this is the second time they've headlined. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. We had Simon Neal on the podcast a couple of months ago, and you were saying how experiences like that will never be like second guests for him, and how excited he is. But talking about kind of changing around lineups and stuff, I mean, obviously on the normal year, you're always working for Download Festival and trying to build a lineup, and especially with headliners, trying to book them if it's two, three, even four years in advance in some cases. I mean, can you really explain to us the whole process of booking the festival how how far in advance are you actually trying to do everything and, and just and just the team as well because as you said there some of these headliners obviously you're getting that information first of when they might be able to be on the road so is that hard trying to balance everything and, and book a person three years in advance i have to say no it's actually it it, it makes life a bit easier because you, you you know way in advance on who's going to be touring i mean uh, over uh, the last couple of days, I've been talking to two different headliners that want the headline download in 2023. You know, it's that far ahead. And, and it's pretty solid that um, uh, both of those will happen. Back in the old days, and when I say the old days, when download first started, what would happen is the festival would finish second weekend in June or whenever it was. And then we wouldn't talk about the following year until maybe the September, October of that year. So literally from the June until the September, no conversation about what was happening with download for the following year. And then in the September, we'd start talking to bands and we'd start pulling it together. And I think it was, it might have been 2006, I think it was. We didn't have any headliners in place until like the February of the year of that festival. I mean, we literally didn't have one. Suddenly we got a phone call. Um, we just, we'd locked, we'd literally just locked tall. And we had no, we had no other headliners. And then literally we had a phone call. And on that same phone call, Guns N' Roses and Metallica came from nowhere. They'd not even said that they were going to be touring. It was like, um, you got a slot to, download this year i'm like hey, it's in four months time guns and roses and metallica were like uh, yeah where do we sign pens out let's get you locked in <laughs> and that's how it was back then it was all that's mad we, we yeah. didn't yeah. need to make any announcement until the year uh, the year of um yeah. whereas now we're announcing 
you know, we are actually announcing in the September a good chunk of the lineup of what's going to happen the following year. And I'm quite a way down the line of what's happening the year after and the year after that with headliners. And I think a lot of it is acts nowadays are planning out, you know, what they're going to be doing for the next two, two and a half, three years. And they kind of want to go, okay, that's when our anchor there. So we're going to be doing um, that festival period, which will include download and the European festivals around it on that day. Then we'll be going out and doing our arena run later in the, uh, later in the year. And they literally just have it mapped out uh, earlier. And um, it actually, it does help us because I'm not scratching my head. Like I was back in 2006 <laughs> thinking where are my headliners? Because it isn't gonna. I'm not gonna get that phone call in a February or March of the year of the festival. Going, hey, we're a headliner and we're ready to book for you. Everything's done so far in advance, which which is a help. Oh, I would have had to have teased them. Like I'd have had to have gone. Oh, I don't know, Guns and Roses. Uh, do you fancy doing the mice opening the MySpace stage? I could maybe fit you in. I don't know. It's the only slot that I've got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I tell you what. Come on, you can headline. You can headline. Yeah, going and do that. He's like going back to the fans. Going back to your roots. <laughs> yeah, fifty quid plus uh, rider. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. There is an interesting, interesting story back in. Um, 2003 which was the first year we had uh, i remember getting the phone call that metallica wanted to do an unannounced show and and on the second stage which was actually in a tent at the time because we only had two stages um on the sunday and we had uh our headlines at the time were i maiden and limp biscuit now bizarrely limp biscuit <laughs> pulled out about Boo. Uh, five or six weeks prior to the festival. And there's a funny side story to that. Only one person requested a refund, which was hilarious because we were expecting like thousands of people wanting a refund. What? They didn't. We just moved audio slave up to the headline slot and that was fine. But then we got this request from Metallica and uh, they went under this um, unassumed name. It was like, they were called Ever Rose or something. It was so bizarre. Super secret, super secret, super secret. And I agreed to pay them $500, which in the, oh, uh, the equivalent is at the time was about 350 quid. So Mad. they do play this on and out set on the second stage in our first year. There were people at the event. I, I, I remember walking out and said, you need to go over to the second stage Metallica playing. Fuck off. What are you? Fuck. They're playing now. Go over there. He was like, no, you, you wanker. Who are you? With your, <laughs> your silly hat on. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was really bizarre. Anyway, they did it. It was amazing, of course, as you can imagine. I never paid them. They never came for the $500. I still oh, owe no. the $500. Wait, well, so, oh, let's, so they, hope, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope, Lars Ulrich never listens to this podcast because <laughs> we yeah. know he fucking loves it going for people for money. Wait, yeah. so Jesus. Metallica played a secret set for free? Effectively, yes. Wow. I'm still in debt to him to, for $500, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what? Is that, is that like a, a count up at the end of the night? Does like the TM come to you and go, hey, Andy, um, I'm here for the 350 quid for <laughs> 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 Yeah. It'd just be hilarious. And the thing is, it'd be like, and um, 
Yeah, we didn't come and collect that money, and we actually we've put our own interest on it now. So, oh no, you was two and a half million quid. That's mad. I just. What yeah. Would they, yeah, they don't even fuck it. They wouldn't even notice three hundred and fifty quid going missing. I <laughs> no, think. Like, it's, it's, well, actually, you know, it's Metallica. They they probably would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing with headlangers at Download Festival as well, because I think the fans get so invested with kind of fantasy booking. Even when they're there for one year, people are already talking about you know who could possibly be the next year's headlangers and stuff like that. Obviously, you're always having those conversations and you're looking at different options. But is there anyone in particular over the last few years where you've tried to get and it just hasn't worked out or any dream headlangers for you? Because I know you said in the past as well, you've wanted to open up and do a couple of like alternative acts and, and, and bands just like Green Day and Paramore and all that kind of yeah. elements to, to bring a, a different generation to download. So yeah, is there any that come to mind you haven't been able to sort? There's, there's been, a, there's been a, a few actually, and it's a, you know, it's a, a real mix. And I'm just, I'm actually, I'm, I'm writing some down here as, as I remember them. Um, Van Halen was one, We're desperate to, to have got them with the, uh, with the original lineup. Uh, bon Jovi was another one. We, uh, by the way, Van Halen were confirmed twice on two separate occasions and pulled. Bon Jovi, we were really close on getting. Pearl Jam uh, also confirmed twice, pulled at last minute. We'd been close on Green Day. We'd been close on Blink One Eight Two. We'd been really close on Foo Fighters. Um, Paramore, I have had um, uh, conversations with them too. Um, and then, you know, when you start looking at uh, other acts like Fallout Boy, uh, Bring Me the Horizon, um, newer acts, which, which I think have got a chance of becoming headlines of the future, Partway Drive, Architects, Hailstorm, um, you know. Frank I, I, Carter. Sorry? Frank Carter. I oh, see you yeah, talking yeah, about Frank. Um, you know, Fra I, I, not quite there as a headliner as yet, but Frank's... Definitely building when you see what he's done at Reading Leeds. And certainly, you know, we were uh, uh, looking at Frank for this year, um, third on the main stage. But, you know, headliners that um, I've tried and not uh, not got, yeah, Foo Fighters, Van Halen, Blink-182, Green Day, Pearl Jam, Bon Jovi and, and, and Paramore. Van Halen's obviously a no-no. A, a There's still a chance for... Uh, the others as we as you know as we go down the line so you know you never know you never know yeah yeah I was going to mention Van Halen to you because obviously they're a band that have a, a great connection you're, you're obviously a massive fan yourself and yeah. obviously with the with the passing of Eddie last year was it quite gutting to know that that never pulled off now and that original lineup never got to grace download in this singer's true form yeah I, it's Really, I mean, for me personally, you know that that um, that era of Van Halen with David Lee Roth, my favourite band of all time. I've never made a secret uh, about that, and the fact that we'd been that close twice confirmed, and then they they um, pulled out at the last minute because they decided not to uh, tour Europe. But yeah, it's it it's something that's gone now. I mean, you can't imagine that band. Uh, without him so unfortunately that's gone but uh, Foo Fighters Blink Green Day uh, Bon Jovi Pearl Jam there's still hope for them in the future and then obviously 
you know, as I was mentioning, acts like architects, you know, five finger death punch, ghost. These are these are all acts that have got a, a real chance of becoming a download headlines of the future. Gajira, I think, have got a, a, a great opportunity yeah. of becoming um, a headliner in the future. Obviously, bring me the horizon. There's, you know, there's there's still a number of acts out there. Maybe we would get the blackout together and. <laughs> You know, we we can get that we can get them to play at one minute past eleven when people are leaving. <laughs> well, yeah, no. If you want to rush people out, yeah. If you've got a, if you've got like a, a different start Monday morning for the festival, and you're like, oh fuck, we got to get everybody to leave now. Yes. Give us a shout. We'll do it. Yes. We'll do it. Ladies and eleven oh one. This is your sound soundtrack to going home. <laughs> yeah. Please fuck off now. Here's the blackout. <laughs> We are the children of the night. Fuck off, yeah. everyone! Yeah. Oh, it'd be terrible. Yeah, um, um, yeah. That, that that's some incredible names, though, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who will just absolutely dream of some of those acts at download one day. But yeah, just to ask, like, when you know you've got Van Halen booked twice, and you've got Pearl Jam booked, and then they drop out. How crazy and how hard is that? Because I know. Famously, one of those years is when you push Slipknot to main stage headliner, and then you know they haven't looked back since. But is there kind of a panic, or when, when stuff like that happens? I mean, walk us through it. It is. I mean, one particular time that Pearl Jam pulled uh, pulled out, um, they decided that they weren't going to tour, and that was uh, the night before we were going to announce. Um, <sighs> yeah, it was uh, like horrendous. Literally, that's it. I did have my head in my. Head. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! I, I, I'm reliving that moment. It was like, yeah. like, <sighs> yeah. And yeah. then, and, and there, here's the, here's the twist. The very next day, I mean, we decided. Obviously, we had to put the uh, announcement back. Very next day, I got a call from Ramstein's agent going, "Look." I know I'm chancing my arm here because I'm sure you've got everything booked, but I'm starting to looking at going out next year. Have you have you got anything at download? I went, what are you three, saying? 350 that? quid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 350 again. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you won't believe it, but actually, uh, yes, we have got, um, I have got a slot that needs filling. And thankfully, you know, they, they, they filled it for us. And, um, you know, we were, we were really lucky. I mean, yeah, it's it's because finding headliners, you know, suitable headliners is really hard. And I know you you mentioned there, Morgan, about uh, Slipknot. And I remember in two thousand and nine, I just felt that we needed to push a band through. And Slipknot had played Download uh, two or three times previously. They'd worked their way up the bill. And I remember when uh, I took the chance on them. Everybody was going, what are you doing? They're not a, a headliner. They don't deserve to be. I was just getting destroyed. I mean, absolutely destroyed. And then what happens? They actually deliver. Of course they do because they're made my band. Deliver a killer set. Prove that they are well worth it. It, it, was, it was the first major festival that had offered Slipknot a, a, a headline position. And they've they've not looked back. You know they've headlined, download a number of times. They've headlined a number of other festivals, and they're now up at that level. 
and, yeah. and God bless them. They've never forgotten it. They always talk about, you know, Download was the first festival that took a chance on us. Um, and, you know, it, it, the, the festival means a lot to them. They even released uh, a, a DVD the following year, a Slipknot uh, live, at, uh, live at Download. And, and that year, it was the biggest selling music DVD in the world. It was it was huge. What? It was it was a a real f uh, flag in the sand moment for them in their their career, and I'm, I'm just glad that Download was uh, was able to be be part of it and and help move that along for them. And and you know we, we'll do that for other acts in the future. I'm sure. You know, just talking about acts like uh, Architect, Ghost, Gajira, Hailstorm, Five Finger Death Punch, Parkway Drive. Hopefully. You know they can be uh, the the next Slipknot, the next Avenged Sevenfold that can be pushed into into that position. Yeah, nice. Well, You're making history for for bands, <laughs> and that's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing, because obviously you said they, and you're always looking at representing some of those bands who are quite not at headline slot worthy yet, but trying still trying to push them and stuff. But I think we've all know of bands who. Maybe in the past, we would have thought, oh, they would have been a download headliner one year or by now. And then kind of momentum falls behind from them a bit and they, they never get that moment. I mean, you don't have to name names, but is there a, a few bands that come to mind for you that you think oh, they, they were one you thought would headline one day, but due to whatever's happened either with the band or politics or behind the scenes that it just, it just didn't work out? Yeah, I mean, circumstances, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to uh, embarrass them and, and let, you know, uh, people feel, oh, that, that's a, a band in decline. It's just, yeah, the way things are. So, this is one thing that I've said to um, about uh, bands. Bands are one amazing album away from being a festival headliner. They are one dreadful album away from never being a festival headliner because just what happens to their careers. Um, and it doesn't mean that they haven't got a career. It just means that the potential that they had, unfortunately, you know, their moment has gone. And yeah, there's been, I'd probably, uh, the three or four that I think could have easily, uh, you know, on their next album cycle become, a headliner of download or, or of other festivals and unfortunately you know that uh that album cycle or uh, other circumstances have, it's it's just slipped away from them and you feel it, it's such a crying shame and the way that the music industry moves so very very quickly that it's hard to get that momentum back again you know some bands want to grow almost too quickly and, and the way that the industry is, it allows them to grow really, really quickly. But in reality, it's almost better just to keep growing slowly because what happens when you're doing that is you're building your fan base at a slow rate and they'll stay loyal to you. If you become popular very, very quickly, then you become flavor of the month, flavor of the year, whatever. And then those fans if you like they move on to something else they haven't become embedded or embroiled in in what the whole essence of the band is about 
And a lot of the, the big bands over the years, that's where it's been. It's been that steady growth. I mean, look at Metallica. Metallica were a thrash band that, that a, a lot of the rock music industry were like, you know, what is this noise? And I'm going back to, you know, kill them all and, um, and ride the lightning. And then things started to move with Master of Puppets and uh, obviously Injustice for All. And then with the Black Album, it just elevated that band. I mean, if, if there's somebody where I could go uh, a band or one great album away from being a festival headliner, M Metallica and the Black Album, there's a classic example, and they have never looked back. And what's happened with Metallica now is they can go out any year, every year if they want to, and they can pick any song from any of their albums. Their catalogue of songs is amazing. And they could pick a, a track that they've not played for years off Kill Em All, and the fans go fucking nuts. Oh, my God, I can't believe they played such and such. It's why they can go out and they can do, oh, we'll go out and we'll do Master of Puppets in full. We'll go out and we'll do Ride the Lightning in full. We'll go out and do the Black Album in full. There's so many... We can go and do a Greatest Hits. We can go and do um, a Fans Request Only tour. Yeah. We can go out and do a new album. <clears throat> I mean, Hotwire was an, an amazing album for them. They just showed that they come back thick and strong and solid as ever. Um, and that's the beauty. If you can get to a certain level... You, you can almost survive having, um, you know, a poor album or not so strong album because your catalogue is so strong and that you've got yourself to such a high level that it's hard to fall off that pedestal. Well, I think somebody I always, I wanted to see headline download or I thought could have put on a, a crazy show would have been Limp Bizkit. Like I know you said you had them booked in 2003 mm. and then they pulled, but yeah, I remember watching like the Family's Values videos from back in the late 90s early 2000s and they had like spaceships and just i just imagine the mad bollocks that that band would have come up with for a stage show i've just uh, it been incredible as i say 2003 uh, they were booked and they pulled and you know i mean i think fred would be the first one to admit it it kind of gone off the rails a little bit shooting off his mouth he would say things like i don't want to go and tour europe it's cold and it's wet and it's horrible why do I want to go to Europe when I can hang out in LA with Steven Spielberg and go around his house and watch, you know, his new movie before it's out in the cinemas and blah, blah. I mean, he really got um, sucked into the whole celebrity side of the, the music industry. And it was almost as if they became a forgotten band. And when, funnily enough, in 2009, I remember the agent contacting me saying, Limp Bizkit are getting back together and they want to go out and, and, and tour I went nobody cares nobody cares it's like he's done too much damage he's gone oh come on come on come on I mean the agent pushed really hard and I remember talking to my colleague who booked uh, Rock and Ring Rock and Park in Germany he had the same phone call and he's gone I, had, I don't know what to do he said I, you know we work a lot with this agent but like you know who cares about Limp Biscuit? we both ended up booking Limp Biscuit for the festival. They were unbelievable in 2009. Incredible. Yep. <laughs> I remember them. Faith No More. Uh, it would Faith No More. Corn. Limp Biscuit. Like, 
Hey, I tell you who opened our main stage. I know a band who opened our main <laughs> yeah, stage, and right? Go, baby. I mean, oh, it was so, so good. And I remember Fred afterwards was hanging around, back, he was chatting to everybody. And I remember going up and saying, hey, listen, you know, thank you for coming and doing the, uh, doing the show. And he went, no, thank you for having the faith and, and booking us. And I, and I said, what, you know, what was the reason that uh, made you get the band back together? He said, very simple, one word, Wes. He said, I reconnected with Wes and I suddenly realised what made this band tick. And it, 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 I knew, because obviously they'd kind of fallen out and Wes had left and was doing his own thing. And he said, literally, once I knew that Wes was into it, and wanted to be back in, it was like, that's it, uh, we're away. And they were so good. And when they came back and headlined the second stage a few years later, that was amazing. Still, a, a you know, a great, a great festival band. Like, who... Unbelievable. Who, who Unbelievable. Great songs. You know, who knows what Wes is going to be fucking dressed like when he comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be some kind of spectacle. Fred's still that... Crazy from larger than life. Yeah, yeah, totally larger than life. You know, cartoon character and, um, you know, just just a, a great band. And I'm glad that they're still together. And I'm glad that they're still going out and they are still getting booked in, you know, good positions at festivals. Okay, they're not necessarily headlining them, but they, you know, they, they've got some, you know, great slots and really, really still deliver. Well, that was the first time I... Yeah, I think it was the first time I ever saw Limp Bizkit live in the flesh. Because, like, literally, I got into rock music because of Limp Bizkit, right? I was into, like, indie music and maybe even happy hardcore before, right? And then then I heard Fred Durst swear a lot. And I was like, oh, I can do that. That's amazing. That's swearing and shouting. I'm good at both of those things. So that, that slot in 2009, when it was Faith No More, one of my favourite bands of all time, Limp Bizkit, the reason I got into rock music, and Korn... We're on the same stage. Yeah, and the blackout were, I think we were either opening or second on, probably opening. And we literally dropped the song from our set so we could do a cover. We did a cover, right, that went from the end of one of our songs called Spread No Eggs No Lies into Corn Blind. And then from Corn Blind, it went into uh, Break Stuff. And then from Break Stuff, we went into Epic. We did like a, th- a three-minute medley of all our favourite bands, wow. right? And, and um, yeah, I remember being backstage and uh, Limp Bizkit's press officer came on to me and said he, said he wanted me to know that the band knew, because I'd constantly talk about them in Kerrang. Like, I was constant tongue as far up their asses as I could get. I wanted to be, I wanted someone, like, just Fred, just to go, I know you. And I'm me go, <laughs> and, and it happened. And it happened at that, at that event. And they were like, oh, yeah, Limp Bizkit want to thank you for constantly talking positively about them because uh-huh. some people don't. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. Oh, this is how I started. I'm in the band because of them, you fucking nutters. Am- you must have felt amazing to hear that. Oh, yeah, well, what a day. And I think, was that the year that we, yeah, I think we were next to Motley Crue <laughs> in the dressing rooms. <laughs> right. And our drummer, Snoz, is literally the biggest Motley Crue and Metallica fan of all time. And our dressing room was next to um, Tommy Lee's DJ room. Oh, so he was just fuck. Really? We were like, we were 2009 download. We were like fucking kids of Christmas. We, we genuinely, at all times, we were like, boys, 
any moment now we're going to get caught and kicked out of this we're not meant to be we're not meant to be amongst these people but yeah download 2009 was one of the best one of the best weekends of my life you know what so, yeah. hearing you say that, that i mean I've, that's new to me what you've said I, I i didn't know that story at all but it's just fantastic to hear you regale those memories that, that you are and i can imagine you know i'm a music lover myself and it's how you must have felt and hearing that and what that means to you. That's what I want download to be. I want download to have that effect on everybody, bands, fans, you know, the media, everybody. And, and hearing that, that's, that, that is exactly what I want the festival to be. And it is, and you've seen what it's like backstage, the bands mixing and mingling with one another and getting on. There's no, uh, you know, th there's th there's no petty arguments going on. It's like, you know, Metallica in uh, in 2004 when Lars didn't show, and there was this whole thing about Metallica and Slayer. You know, they don't get on and they don't like each other. It's like fucking Dave Lombardo <laughs> got up yeah. and he drummed with the band. I was at the side of the stage with the other Slayer guys watching that set, and uh, I remember was they opened with Battery and obviously uh, Lombardo started the set. And I remember saying to uh, Kerry King, I went, Metallica have never sounded so good. And we were laughing. <laughs> um, you know, it was just all that camaraderie where everybody was there to help one another. The fact Joey from Slipknot comes out, he'd been in a Metallica covers band and here he is on stage, like drumming, with Metallica, with oh. a Slipknot mask on, like, oh my God. I mean, they're just moments that never happen. Same way, you know, a couple of years later when Jonathan from Korn was ill and you had Matt Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold, you had Corey Taylor from Slipknot, uh, you know, you had uh, uh, Matt from Trivium, uh, Benji, everybody going up and singing Korn. You just don't fucking see that anywhere else. I don't believe another festival will be able to fire through all that adversity of your headliner's lost his drummer, you, you know, your second on actors <laughs> lost his singer, but they're still going to play. I mean, just amazing. Amazing. That camaraderie is just something that other festivals don't have. And I can also, yeah, so yeah, so there's me saying about 2009 and the impact that had. And then in 2019, then I went, like, we, we were there. Thank you very much for having us. We were there with the podcast. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time with the NXT wrestlers. And they were exactly <laughs> the same as I was. I was I was like I was with Limp Bizkit with the NXT wrestlers because I heard Shawn Michaels was there from the WWE and I was like, he's my favourite wrestler of all time. No fucking way. <laughs> yes. And then next minute, I'm with all these WWE wrestlers because I know Mark Andrews from Junior. And then next minute, all these WWE wrestlers are going mad because they've seen, I don't know, just someone else in a band. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is my, what I, but it, it, yeah, like like you said, it's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing event, and yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people are not lucky enough, um, I guess, to see backstage. But like you said, the camaraderie, like I've never felt any like bitterness there no. or like bands shying away from each other. All the communal area is just communal, and it's literally bands fucking hanging out 
in some cases to get away from their own band members to hang out with yeah, different bands no, for a sure. change. It is, it's like that breath of fresh air and the amount of times where I've heard a band, you know, they'll they'll go into another uh, band's dressing room and say, oh, man, I haven't seen you for like two years or three years or whatever, or yeah, it's just, you know, them reconnecting. Um, and ju- and the amount of times when, you know, you look at the side of the stage and bands watching other bands play. I remember uh, Steve Stevens, who's the guitar player in, in um, Billy Idol, and he's like, you know, he's a, a, a guitar aficionado. He's one of the guitar greats. And you couldn't get side of the stage because every fucking guitarist from all the other <laughs> bands was there because they wanted to see Steve Stevens play close up. I'm like, this is so fucking cool because everybody, we're all music lovers, whether you're the fan, the festival organizer or in a band, we're all music lovers. And it's like, oh my God, you know, I've got to go and see them because I love them. Or, you know, I've never seen them. I want to go, go and see them. And yeah, it's, I think it's, I know they have that at other festivals too, but there's just something a bit special about the whole environment and the vibe uh, at Download. I remember Corey Taylor when he was there with Stone Sour one year and I saw him walking. He was just about to walk out of the, uh, of the artist area and he was going to go out and walk in the crowd. I went, what are you doing? He said, I, I just want to go and walk around in the crowd. I went, do you want security with you? No, 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 I'll be fine. And he literally went out and he, he did get mobbed. Did it in a, you know, it was a, he signed everybody's uh, every photograph that someone wanted to have done. You know, he went and he hung out, and obviously, you know, fans being able to get that close to, you know, their heroes. And and again, if I go back to two thousand and nine, then uh, that that Friday, uh, Corey Taylor's uh, wife at the time she contacted me said Corey wants to come down and hang out on the Friday. I went, well, yeah, of course he can. So he came down, obviously sorted him out, and he was hanging out. And he came up to me and went, um, I really want to go and say hello to Faith No More. I'm like, well, just go and say hello. Go on, then. I'm too nervous. So I, it, bizarrely, wanted to meet uh, uh, Mike Borden, the drummer. So I went in and I, I, I said to Mike, I said, I've got... Corey Taylor from Slipknot outside, he, he wants to come and say hello. He went, well, he wants to come and meet me. I went, yeah. And he said, but for fuck's sake, bring him in. So I bring him in, and I'm not kidding. Corey Taylor was like some teenage kid, couldn't look Mike Borden in the eye, <laughs> just saying, oh, you know, you're the reason I, I, I got into a band. I love Faith No More. But, and he was so humble. And I'm thinking, you're fucking headlining tomorrow night. And there <laughs> yeah. you are, yeah. acting like a and, and by the way, Mike Borden from Faith No More was so cool to him. So cool. Anyway, he came out and he was all teary. And then uh, um, I said, do you want to meet um, Mike Patton? He went, oh, I can't meet my... Pa-. It's, I said, well, no. <laughs> he said, do you think he'll, he'll meet me? Now, bearing in mind, Mike Patton from Faith No More had actually been... Uh, he'd, he'd said some quite disparaging things about Slipknot previously. Yeah. And um, I thought, well, look, you know, I'll, I'll chance it. So I went up to Mike Patton and I said, uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot's here. He'd, he'd like to say hello. He said, bring him over, bring him over. 
again, Corey acting like this teenage fan who was meeting his heroes for the first time. My pattern was so um, just so generous to him and just uh, greeted him with open arms that I'm the photo took together. And I'm like, oh my God, I am loving this stuff. Came away and Corey Taylor literally broke down in tears. He's He's like, oh my God. He went, you have no idea. This has made my life being able to meet these guys. So emotional. I mean, incredible, really. And this is stuff, I guess, you know, fans don't get to see or are not aware of. But and and of course they put their their bands on uh, you know on pedestals and what have you. But you know they're human beings and music lovers just like the rest of us, and they get starstruck in the same way that you know that they do and we do. And, and it's it's great to see that firsthand. Well, that's yeah, that's a, that's that's kind of a running theme on this podcast is that we we talk to a lot of the artists or whoever we have on and people are realizing you know at the end of the day we're all just humans who got into music because we liked music or whatever and um and i'm glad somebody has now got a more embarrassing mike Patton story than i do <laughs> so i'm glad Cody taylor cried because i made a right tit out of myself yeah. so yes yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing with download there's definitely that sense of passion throughout the festival whether it be from a fan band or just on the team and the crew working on it and you mentioned earlier that obviously people care about it so much that you get complaints about silly things whether it be about this band don't deserve to be there or they deserve to be higher or whatnot down to plumbing systems and mud and flooding and all that kind of stuff i mean is there any other weird stuff that comes to mind that obviously you know you're not mother nature you can't control a, a muddy sunday that people have complained about over the years um I, and funnily enough this never actually physically happened at download but it's certainly in my promoting uh promoting career i, I did an outdoor uh festival a few years ago when I was working at uh, Rock City in Nottingham, we used to do this outdoor event called City in the Park. We had, uh, we, we did a, an outdoor show with um, Brian Adams and the rain absolutely teamed it down uh, at mid-afternoon. And I mean, it came down in biblical proportions. And I was in the, uh, I was just at the box office, just, you know, check everything was okay. And uh, this, I heard this guy come up to the window and um, he said, I need to speak to the promoter. And I thought, oh, fucking hell, there we go. And, uh, and the person says, oh, no, um, you, you know, he, he, he's busy at the moment. I, I have to speak to the promoter. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll take this one on the chin. So I went up and said, hi, you know, uh, I'm Andy Coppin. I'm, I'm the promoter. Um, how can I help you? He went, what are you going to do about this rain? <laughs> I just remember looking at him and I just looked and I went, unfortunately, I'm not God. I can't stop it and just walked away. I'm thinking, oh, what possessed somebody to come up with like, what am I going to do about the fucking rain? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Oh, just insane. I mean, this is the thing. We've had some hideous weather at, at Download. One thing I'll say about the fans is it's almost as if you can throw whatever you want at them. It's like we're here to see bands, listen to music, and hang out. We don't 
fucking care. Obviously, it's great when the sun's shining. Oh, yeah. You can lie on the grass and you have a beer and blah, blah. But, you know, the weather is not going to stop them. It's their pilgrimage. You know, download is their annual holiday that they're not going to give that up. And it doesn't matter what weather gets, gets thrown at them. And, you know, for the most part, the fans really are very vigilant, very loyal. Um, and, you know, they just, they just want to party and have fun. Yeah, well, I think it was one year. It must have been 2015 or four, of six, 2015, 2016 or something. And there was a torrential rain on, on the Friday. Baby Metal were playing and on main stage and like a storm had hit. And long story short, basically, I was camping and my tent got completely destroyed. And all my clothes were soaking wet. So for the whole weekend, I had to go around in a hoodie and um, borrowed pair Just of shorts. Oh, a borrowed oh, oh. pair of shorts, which isn't a oh, great festival, though. Yeah. And there's some so very... And, Andy, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, festival promoter, going to do about it. I'm sorry, Morgan. Yeah. No, it's remember fine. What, yeah, remember when we said we were going to do a podcast? Well, it's not. It's just a moment so we can get you for you to refund Morgan some clothes. Exactly right. <laughs> I can get a new outfit out of this. That's brilliant. No, but um, but speaking of lying up and stuff as well, and obviously people uh, having a bit more of a voice these, these day and age with social media and everything, I think over the last few years, um, you've obviously noticed a lot of people kind of shouting online for more events and festivals like this to have uh, a bit more voice of diversity whether it be from sexuality or gender or race or anything like that I, I mean download has always been a place where you've tried to incorporate different things and for different ages and for different people you just you know we mentioned bringing in wrestling you've had loads of different events and stuff like that as well um but are these things elements of you have to look into a little bit more now when booking the general lineup for downloading and things like that absolutely and and the thing is is whatever we do we can always do more and um you know you have to yes i've got downloads a commercial event and i have to book a festival that is going to be appealing uh, to the masses but certainly with the way um you know, the way things are is you have to take into account everything from a diversity uh, point of view. And I feel that, um, you know, when I just uh, look at uh, the team, because it's not just me that's book, uh, booking it. There's yeah. there's a team of us. There's, uh, there's me, there's Cam, there's Sean, there's Danica, there's Jenny, there's five of us. Um, and, you know, there are times where I'm going, you know, shall I book this band? Shall I book that band? They're going. I oh, shouldn't book that. And hey, have you? But, uh, but it's 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 booked by a committee, and we're always always looking at what can we do to uh, improve on all of those aspects that that you mentioned. You know, uh, um, race, uh, gender. Um, you know, we we've got to open our eyes, and and obviously, I've I've always felt that. You know, we, we have been very open and, and certainly uh, open to diversity, but th there's always more that, that we can do and, and we will do and we want to do. Um, and I'm hoping that we'll see in future years that we will see uh, more bands like Distillers, Hailstorm, Pretty Reckless, Nightwish, 
Lacuna Coil, just, you know, more females uh, coming to it. There's some uh, uh, great bands there. We booked them um, and we'll continue to book, book them. And, um, you know, when you book in a band like The Who, you know, um, from Mongolia, it's you're booking these bands not just because uh, they're diverse, but you're booking them because they're, they're fucking good too. Um, and they've got every right to be there. So, yeah, very aware of it. Um, always feel that, that we can do better. Um, and our fans are expecting us to do better too. So it's something uh, very high on the priority list and, and we'll continue to uh, be making uh, big steps forward to improving in all those areas. And one um, one thing I always love to see the reaction of people online is when you book a band that's necessarily maybe a left, bit left field than the usual download lineup, for example, um, Chasing Status or A Pendulum. Obviously, you like to mix things up because you, know, you need some alternative stuff at the festival. But is there anyone you've tried to book over the years that was even more left field and it just hasn't worked out? I mean, is there any like big surprises you've tried to pull off in the past? Uh, well, I mean, one year, a few years ago, um, we were talking to Jay-Z um, about, uh, the, which I know it, it would, be, uh, would, be, would be crazy. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you go back to uh, when I bought the, the Prodigy um, back in uh, uh, 2006, I think, when I first bought them, and then eventually they became um, a headliner in their own right. I mean, you know, the Prodigy headlined our biggest year at Download. You know, it was the Prodigy, Metallica and, and Black Sabbath. But, you know, they headlined that year. Uh, their show, super, super intense. Very, like full on in your face, as heavy as any rock band that you've ever seen. And, and the beauty of it was that when I first uh, booked them, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I mean, people were really calling for my head. I mean, proper calling for my head. But they headlined the second stage and it was mental because the second stage was still a tent back then. I remember when they finished, they finished and Guns N' Roses were going to start on the main stage. And uh, uh, my colleague says to me, he went, bloody hell, look over there. Because we were on the main stage at the back just before Guns N' Roses come on. And we looked over at the second stage and it it been really hot and really sun, sunny. And all we saw was these thousands and thousands of people. The prodigy had just finished. I were coming away from the second stage to come to the main stage. It was like watching something out of Game of Thrones. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God, the, oh, night yeah, King, the Night King is coming. He's bringing <laughs> yeah. the dead. And, um, yeah. these thousands, and everybody had said, oh, my God, prodigy were amazing. And, and, and Keith... Keith Flint, uh, God rest his soul, on numerous occasions when he was interviewed, would say that Download was his favourite festival because as the Prodigy as a band, they saw that it was somewhere that they could come and conquer. And we'd given them the opportunity and they did. And they, they came and they grasped it with both hands. It was like, we're going to show this audience that we, we can deliver and that we deserve to be here and we belong here and they did and the fact that the prodigy um because it wasn't just uh, keith liam said it as well download was there was their favorite festival to play and it was amazing to hear that because a band as diverse as that and as so far 
removed um, in a lot of people's minds for playing the festival, not only winning it over, not only ending up becoming a headliner, not only headlining our biggest selling year ever, but also the fact that they would then go on to say that Download was their favorite festival. Pendulum used to say the same thing. The guys in Pendulum would come up to me and go, you've no idea. This was the festival that we always, we headline all these dance events. Download, we love Seven Dust. We love Opeth. I'm like, really? Went, yeah, we were brought up on that. We're, 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 come, we're from a rock a rock ethic. That's what we're all about. Just amazing. And also going back to 2008, when I booked Lethal Bizzle. Now, Lethal Bizzle took a lot of grief. I mean, it was disgusting some of the abuse that he got. But one thing that he did, he stuck at it and he played through the abuse. And in the end, the abusers had to calm down. You know, Lethal had been involved with the gallows at the time. He wanted to cross over. He was probably ahead of his time, if truth be known. And we'd t- taken a punt on him. Um, you know, obviously we booked uh, Body Count with Ice-T. Uh, one year we were really close to booking uh, Public Enemy. Oh. We were very close to booking Ice Cube. Uh, um, you know, it's just pushing the boundaries a little bit. And, and listen, I get it. If you don't like it, I understand. But guess what? I've got three other fucking stages that you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, go watch something else or walk around the field, go and get a beer. It's one band for between 40 minutes and an hour that you might not like, but there are a lot of other people, thousands of other people at the festival that do want to watch this. So, you know, give it a chance. So yeah, I'm always wanting to, you know, push, push boundaries and I'll continue to do that. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes people will think I'll take it too far. The, the festival won't evolve unless, you know, we really start take, taking chances and a few gambles. Yeah, I can just imagine that Jay-Z headlining with two like really heavy other headlangers. That would be wicked on a poster. I mean, well, imagine <laughs> Linkin, if you had Linkin Park here for one of the days. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. Rest, rest yeah. Is- you know, God rest his soul. But I mean, yeah, imagine if you could have got Jay-Z and Linkin. Oh, I mean, instead, that's it. when you start thinking about it in those tones, instead of just going, oh, he's a, he's a rapper and he shouldn't be there. It's like, you've got to look at the at 99 Problems is one fucking heavy track. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, Fantastic, yeah. And I mean, I'm lucky enough. I, you know, I've, I've worked with Jay-Z uh, since uh, 2008 on his touring um, worked with him through uh, Watch the Throne with Kanye West, which was, was was immense. And of course, you know, his involvement with Linkin Park is legendary. You know, people just have to just take the, you don't have to completely take the blinkers off. Just pull them to one side and have a quick look because it ain't all that bad, you know. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the best live bands I've ever seen, genuinely in all my time in a band, was NERD, Pharrell. And, um, yeah, Pharrell and his bandmates, we supported them and Linkin Park on tour at Project Revolution. But I put them up against any rock band, and they lit- they won the crowd over. And then when I spoke to Pharrell after the show, he couldn't get over that we enjoyed their show. He was just like, what, you're a, you're a real band, though? And we were like, yeah, yeah, but you've got literally trained musicians as bad. Like, they're an actual. <laughs> they can play. 
But yeah, they were one of the most entertaining and brilliant live bands I've ever seen. And I've, I haven't, like, I think I saw them once since in Puckle Pop. But yeah, oh, that, that's a band. Like, I'd love to see that I think people on download wouldn't expect that would kill it. Yeah. But yeah. It's- you have to look back at, at the, those, you know, family values, festivals, Lollapalooza, etc., where, you know, uh, boundaries have been pushed and, uh, you know, they've put bands on. Uh, on there they're actually very fitting for those festivals but it's just you know it, it, it's just adding a little bit of extra musical color to the uh to the overall event you know if you look at um you know, a band like outcast back in the day it's, it's so mate wu-tang clan it's you, you suddenly you're starting to get into you know acts that really could make a difference and we really should it is about opening up and seeing what else is out there you know i remember the outrage of public enemy and anthrax back in the day it's like really it's it's it was fucking cool it yeah. was really really cool and that whole thing when we nearly had uh, public enemy i remember talking to you know i called scott ian up and he said i'm i'm thinking of booking um public enemy um do you think i can get a you know, a collaboration for Bring the Noise. He went, I'm up for it. He went, if they're there, he said, fuck it, get them on the same day and we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll do Bring the Noise, which would have just been insane. It's not to say it will, it, it will never happen, but they're the, they're the things that, you know, I, that, that, that I want to do. It's just opening things up, up a little bit. It's whether it, you know, NWA getting back together again and, you know, going out and, and doing something. It'd be just, it'd just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Oh, try and guess it. Oh, imagine like an <laughs> up in, I'm off now, I'm off now. Sean's and fantasy booking. smoke to her where it's like, yeah, where it's like Snoop Dogg, Limp Bizkit. Ah, <laughs> oh, just all laughing back it. in the it's, day. It's, it's like, you know, I'm lucky to to get to work with, you know, a lot a lot of these uh, urban hip hop, and and some of their shows it, it is really in super intense. When I did watch the throne with uh, Jay Z and um, Kanye West, they've got this song called Paris, which I have to tell it's if, if you've not heard it, it's absolutely insane. When they played live, they would finish the set. And sometimes they would play that seven, eight or nine times in a row because the crowd wouldn't let them go. And they would create a mosh pit while they're doing the song. And you've never seen a mosh pit like it. In Birmingham, they made the mosh pit go outside of the floor into the foyer and do a circle pit all the way round the outside of the, in the foyer Duh. of the venue. You have never seen anything so insane in all your life. Now, your average rocker is going to go, oh, that's not rock music. Oh, uh. It's like, let me tell you, when you were there, this thing <laughs> oh, would yeah. rip your face off. It was For sure. absolute insanity. So it is about just opening up the mind a little bit. It's not being uh, it's not about being a knuckle dragger for the whole of your life it's like come on you know open things up a little bit well that's kind of yeah that's kind of what happened with me and like when the soundcloud rappers first appeared i was i wasn't having any of it like when little pump appeared with his song gucci gang where he just repeats gucci gang over and over 
I was Mr. Old Man. I was like, get this shit away from me now. And Jason Perry from A literally sat me down and went, listen to how much of an old man you are. This is the new punk rock. And you, a year, slagging it off going, that's not music. Like people did about the stuff you did. And I was like, oh yeah, I I never noticed that. And And then I looked into it more and then... I'm watching, yeah, I'm watching these artists and they've got like madder mosh pits than the most metal bands you've ever seen in your life. Yes. So, yeah, it's just... And they, they create these mosh pits at their shows. It's like, I want to see, I want to see a mosh pit. I'm like, what? I want to see a circle. I want to be the biggest circle, but this song's not, I want you all to, you know, move out to the side. Listen, even if they pinched it, even if they stole the idea from you know the rock family it doesn't matter they're delivering it in a way of when it first started for us when i saw i saw chase and status in hyde park which was one of the reasons why i booked them at download and they had five circle pits going at one time and i'm watching i'm actually at the side of the state and beside the manager joe oakley it was also the manager of Pendulum, and he was the one who said, I want Pendulum at Download way, way back. And he said, we should bring Chase and Status, who were certainly more on the commercial uh, side of it. And I'm watching them in Hyde Park with these five huge circle pits, crowd going nuts, and I'm like, that's going to work. And when they played at Download, this was a weird thing, because Machine Head were on before them, the, the, of course, review, the review in I, mean, I think it was in Malhammer the review gave Chase and Status I think it was like you know uh, like 9 out of 10 and they gave Machine Head 7 out of 10 and I'm going <laughs> I feel justified I feel even the, even the metal press is acknowledging that a band that isn't in this genre is actually kicking the arse of somebody who very much walks. And we're talking about Machine Head. Unbelievable fucking band. Like, the heaviest of the heavy. But, you know, on that particular day, Chase and Status turned it up and off they went. In the same way I saw, and I know it is a, a band of the same ilk, I saw Machine Head kick Slayer's arse. I mean, how can you say Slayer having their arse kicked? But Machine Head were like, we're fucking going, we're coming for you. And it's like bands can turn it on and absolutely wipe the the floor with everybody. In the same way, you know, Slayer at their peak, which has been many, many times, fucking untouchable. I love the competition amongst everybody. doesn't matter what genre you are. Let's keep that competition going because it will stop you being stale. It will want you to come up with something that's good. It's like, fuck, have I got to follow that? Yes, you have. Come on. Show us what you can do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy, we could sit here and talk to you for for days, literally. There's so many incredible stories and we really appreciate you taking the time for this. But just one more thing before you go, because we know you're a busy man. Um, obviously, a lot of people associate you with your famous cowboy hat. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you could explain the oranges 
Uh, of this. The, the, ori- the oranges. The oranges. <laughs> oranges. Yeah. Oranges. You know what I'm getting at. And yeah, how it's turned into such like a download iconic piece of like memorabilia, really. I know. It's, it's, it's funny. Basically, it started in 2008 because in 2008, I took over uh, download. Um, I became like the, uh, you know, the big download chief if you like, um, my, my boss stroke colleague, uh, Stuart Galbraith, who actually, he, he, uh, used to work for, um, MCP, who was the company that created Monsters of Rock. And he'd come up, it was him that had come up with the idea for download back in, um, 2002 was when, uh, that, uh, was its first inception. But he, he left in 2007 and I literally took on the mantle now, I got asked to carry a walkie-talkie, which is, and I'm horrendous. Anybody who knows a walkie-talkie, there's all different channels that you need to be on. Now, I would always be on the wrong channel, and I'd be trying to talk to people and go, and they'd be like, Andy, you need to go to Channel 7. I'd go to Channel 7. Then I'd need to go to Channel 2, and I'd forget I'd still be on Channel 7. Fucking useless. Absolutely, like, don't give him a walkie-talkie. It's pathetic but they'd need to find me. So I said, I'm going to wear this huge white Stetson. Somebody somewhere with a walkie-talkie will be able to go, yeah, I've seen Andy, I'll go and grab him. So that was it. I wore the Stetson in 2008, and it was really, really effective. But ever since then, I've worn it. So the purpose of it is so people will be able to, you know, within the organisation, will be able to see me at a distance or be able to get hold of me. It's like, has any, like go on the walkie-talkie, has anybody seen Andy Coffin? And they can find me. So that's the origin of it. And I have got, um, there's, there's two or three I, I, I wear at Download. I've got um, a white one, but I also wore a black one. I wore a black one for Black Sabbath and I wore a black one for slayer's last ever performance uh paying homage to those guys but yeah that's that's really the the history of the uh of the stetson wow have you got a a stetson white band backstage now because surely it would make sense that you are the only person who's allowed to wear a set because otherwise people will start wearing them and then (laughs) Um, actually there was somebody in our sponsorship department that uh came one year and i i actually had to pull rank and say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Get it off. <laughs> Firstly, you're taking the piss. And secondly, I don't want you mistaken for me. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, there is a there is a ban. There was even talk about we should set up a merchandise range of selling, you know, white Stetsons at, at Downing, yeah. which I'm sure would just for the sheer crack would sell really, really well. But then that would totally fuck up the production department. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. these over there. Oh, no, I've seen <laughs> And all these people were like, are you Andy Coppin? Yeah, it's like, okay. yeah. I saw Andy in the pit for eight breeds. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> exactly right. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just before we go, one more thing. I noticed you, according to some things on I found online, you did Matt Goss's podcast. Is that true? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, can you tell me how that came about? <laughs> are you um, are you big friends with the Bross Boys? Well, this, that's the the answer to that is yes as well. So basically, there's a a, 
friend of mine who I, I, I booked a few uh, young and up and coming um, uh, rock uh, rock bands. From actually, he used to manage the Dirty Youth, mm. and um, uh, Rob said to me, he went, look, he said, you know, I'm friends with um, with Matt Goss. He's got this. He's got a residency in uh, in Vegas. And uh, he knew I was going to Vegas. He, he said, uh, go and see. I said, I don't want to fucking see Matt Gott. What, like, what are you on about? He says, look, just go and see the show, would you? Anyway, I went and I saw the show. And the show was amazing. I mean, it's literally, he's playing all like the old Sonata standards. Voice was incredible, the whole bit. And I got to meet him. Uh, he was very switched on. And he said to me, he said, look, I want to come back and I want to do a show uh, in the UK. And he went, I've got a really um, avid fan base. And he went, I've put on my website that I'm, I'm thinking of doing a show in the UK. And I want you to pledge that you would come to the show. Not put money down, but just say whether you would come or not. And he went, I've got over 5,000 people that would pledge to come and see me do a show. I went, no, surely. He said, look at my website. And there, and, and very clear, he's gone, please only put your name down if you would definitely come to a show. And I'm weighing it up and going, that's 5,000 people there. If we do a show at the Royal Albert Hall and the capacity of the Royal Albert Hall is about 3,500, obviously there'll be some dropout. Not everybody could, could make it. Anyway, I put a show on sale at the Royal Albert Hall. He sold it out in 20 minutes. Fucking wow. right. Nice. Oh, my God. So he came over, did the show. We did one or two other shows with him. And then he said to me, I want to, uh, I, I've, I've got um, close with my brother again, Luke. Uh, we want to reform Bross. So I was a big part of that whole Bross game. But you know, the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Screaming, you know, when the uh, screaming stops. And um, I, was, I put those Bross shows on at the, uh, at the O2. I mean, the O2, the, O2, the first O2 sold out in seven seconds. Fastest selling O2 ever. And, um, and yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've remained friends uh, ever since. And he started this podcast and asked me if I would be part of that. So, the wow. That's so yeah thank you well yeah no i just i just saw it and i was like how do those two worlds come like <laughs> i thought it'd be i kind of thought it'd be through promoting somehow but then i was like just matt just just want to know what it'd be like to meet matt goss well, I suppose. Me, I, i'm i'm a, div, a diverse kind of dude you know i'm, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sitting i'll hang and i'll chat with anybody so yeah that's how that came about wow but, yeah awesome well yes yeah, th- Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Didn't think of it end on Bross, but there we are. <laughs> no, exactly. What are we doing? Listen, it's been, it's been great fun. The, the time has flown by. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great to be part of it. And, and hopefully, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come on again sometime in the yeah, future yeah. with even more stories. Yes, well, please. Well, let's, let's do one in the flesh at Download 2022 if you've that's got great 20 idea. minutes. Yeah, we that'd should be. do. That would be amazing. And I'll yeah. have we can all wear our Stetsons. Yeah, we'll all have our Stetsons. We'll all have our Stetsons on. Yeah, we'll have our Stetsons <laughs> on. But, that. yeah, no, I just wanted to say, um, yeah, thank you for um, Download. Thank you very much. But, um, honestly, personally, thank you very much for all the support you ever give the Blackout. It meant the absolute world to all of us. I know we had people in our team that people didn't get on with or whatever but um 
yeah, we just honestly from the bottom of all of the boys' hearts, thank you very much for having us. Well, listen, you guys were always cool from the first time I met you, but right the way through, we always had a laugh. Even if we only saw each other for, you know, a couple of minutes, always had time to say hello. I know you were the same with your fans and everything else. You know, you were a real band. Um, always had a lot of time for you. And, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was easy to hang with you guys. You were kindred spirits. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. I completely agree. But, yeah, thank you so, so much. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, Andy. All right, boys. Listen, God bless you. And we'll see you down the line. Yes! <laughs> what a oh, conversation. Yeah, I can't get over how we got into that episode. You shouting, scream for me, satisfaction. I had, Sean, I absolutely had to do that just because of the you spirit. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. And that's the point. But you bloody did do it. Uh, thank you again to Andy Carpin. Thank you very much to all the team at Download uh, for giving us the festival and bringing us the festival. Um, it's been life-changing for so many people as gig-goers to uh, being a band that's got to play it um, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. I think at one point as well, the Blackout was involved in the world record of um, A-Guitarin at Download Festival. Really? So I think we held the world record, yeah. Us and all the people who turned up held the world record for... I don't know, a couple of months till another festival went, oh, that sounds easy to do. I'm going to give it a match. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite an accomplishment, though. And you did, at one point, do a download set with two drummers. Correct, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Well, what happened there was, right, um, some, hey, some 41 pulled out. No right, way. Se- some 41 pulled out at the second stage, right? Was there some, yeah, some 41 pulled out at the second stage. I'm sure of it. And, of course, they get... Do you think people just went, Derek Wibley got dyed blonde in the fat lip video? Yeah, yeah. Should we get another fellow with blonde Anyway, so they got... Yeah, yeah, they got the blackout to replace some 41, I believe, on the second stage. And they sent us a plan, and we were like, look how massive our stage is. We could fit two drummers on it. And then someone went, all right, I'll ask Phil Jenkins. (laughs) And then, all of a sudden, we had two drummers on stage. As you do. As you do. For a laugh, like, for a laugh. <laughs> Nobody can say the blackout didn't like a fucking laugh. And that's where we use the fuck the blackout uh, mm. backdrop, I think, yeah. for the first time. Oh, and that's also, download, that's where we came on and we had two inflatable 20-foot hands come up and they had oh, middle fingers on them. Nice. I, unless I'm mixing my download stories. But that's the, that's the thing. Download is so good. I've got a mishmash of brilliant memories of just wonderful, wonderful things taking place. So thanks again, as always, to Andy Coppin and Download Festival for having me previously and for having Sapling Podcast involved so far. We appreciate it very, very much. Yes, Andy Copping is a dream maker. I've been very lucky enough as well to have covered Download Festival every single year since 2014. And I've made some incredible memories, friends and career opportunities there. So thank you again for all the team at Download Festival for your continued work each and every year and just all the love you have shown us as well. Hopefully we'll see you at this Download Pilot because we'd very much enjoyed it. And we would like well, to have if a we mosh. Don't now, if, we do, if we don't now, after everything we've now said, um, and meant, and meant, we weren't just saying it, and meant it, 
I'm going to be anti-download there. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, yes, please invite us. That'd be very, very, very nice. I'd like to see everybody. Yes, but remember, tickets are available right now if there's any left. Get so hurry up. Yeah. And download will be this week doing a lot of things with Sky Arts. I do believe showing some highlights over the previous years of some outstanding performances from all your favorite bands. So head over to downloadfestival.co.uk for all the information on that. And thank you again for Andy coming on and sharing some incredible stories with us. Jay-Z for download like. I never thought that would have been a possibility and I'm gutted it never happened. I'd have loved to have seen Jason Z at uh, download. It'd be incredible. Man. It'd be, it would have been awesome. I think, yeah, and yeah, he could have definitely had a band come out and do encore and stuff with him. If not, the park, like. Um, yeah. Hey, I was going to say, who's to say what happened? But I don't think Jay-Z's probably ever going to do a gig again now. He's a billionaire, so. Uh, there is that. There is that, but never know. Yeah. You never know. Fingers crossed. Oh, you never know what Andy's got up his sleeve. Exactly. You never know. Could be. Exactly. Also, if he's looking for a recommendation, Eminem at download would be um, something fucking mad, wouldn't it? But let's. Uh... <laughs> but besides that, thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Wherever you're listening, please make sure you subscribe, rate it, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. It all helps very, very much. And go and check out our social media pages at Pod on the Twitter and Instagram. Yes, check us your ideas for guests, episodes, uh, questions, things you want to know. Um, at Sapninpod at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D that's on Twitter and Instagram and yes please if you've enjoyed this episode um, or three or more of these episodes um, you are obliged to join the Patreon you know you know really but hey it would help so check out patreon.com forward slash Sapnin to help the boys out because we are Funding new gear. Yes, we oh, are. Bloody microphone. We, we've got a we've got a wish list of new things we need. There's loads of bonus content oh. on the Patreon wall as well, and our community speaks for itself. They're all wonderful people meeting up with each other, messaging it each and every single day, and it's such a wholesome and heartfelt thing to see. So patreon.com forward slash sapmin. And speaking of our wonderful Patreons, if you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names in there that we need to thank but in just a second sean is going to read out and give a massive shout out to the elite members of our sapnin patreon community they normally change their name sometimes to have a laugh but we'll see what's happened this week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% 
20% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I think you've got to stop doing that yeah, a bit now because I think they've forgotten to change your name each and every week. Bastards they are now. Sorry. <laughs> I was doing that to keep that in. I was doing that going like, oh, no, no yeah, we should yeah, stop no, no, doing that. No, so was I. I, 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 I this all is captive. Just fucking read the names, man. Right, Just fucking read them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate and I would love to thank Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns. Definitely give that a change, oh. Thank you very much. Janelle Castan, I hope you're getting better. Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Scooby Drew Styles, Scoob, Scooby Drew Styles, Kelly Irwin, Paul Hirschfield, Liam Connolly, Kat Besant, Sammy G, Amidine Urbano, Shani Meyer Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Justin Dunn, Murray Grimwood, Amy Campion, Jenny Robson, Johnny Phillips, previously mentioned, Spectacular Work Lads from the Ghost of Facebook Past, that's Scott Jones. Thank you very much. Dan Gies, Caroline Robinson, Katrina Robinson, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Lucy Diaz, Danny Eaton, Emily Senegals, Martina McManus, Becky Handy, John and Emma, Jason Heredia, Louis Cook, Sharif Awadali, Marcy Jacobson, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Chris Howard, Ollie, someone cover my shift so I can go to download Amesbury. Nice. Josh, Joshua, muchas gracias to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and the posh one, Chris. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goss Pastor, Simon Amos, Rhys Bowring and Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to the new people who have joined there, to the old people and to everybody who's a part of it or has been a part of our Patreon. If you're not part of the Patreon, get involved. Come on, please, man. Help the boys out, please. <laughs> Please do. I well, some of you you can be bastards at some times, but we love you all very, very much. Just being bastards Correct. in a lovely way. Just to explain there, um, what Josh Crisp meant by the posh one. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I uh, went and there's, uh, there was like a little sapling meetup in Cardiff a few weeks ago, so I, I attended. And Josh told me that his dad was like, "Oh, which which one you seeing? The one from the valleys or the posh one?" So apparently, I'm posh. Yeah, it's because Cardiff accent isn't it? slightly more mm. English. It's not really, really as Welsh as me. Mate, I, so, I'm fluent in Welsh, though. Oh. Yeah, I'm fluent in Welsh, though. 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 I'm fluent in um, That's a bold claim. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. accept that or I'm not. I'm going to start, yeah. I'm going to start telling people that you're English. So oh, that's, that's it disgusting. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say that. Man. We've got bloody English listeners, you fool. <laughs> no, uh, not against any Anybody who's part of the Patreon, he didn't mean that. He's not anti-English. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You've ruined us. <laughs> what I meant, You've ruined the, us again. The, the football. Shut ca- up. The Euros, the Euros are coming up. I'm being patriotic and a football hooligan. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, it doesn't matter, man. Wales are not going to bloody do well in it. It'll be fine. Aye, don't, we... don't get your... Hey. Do like I do with everything Wales is involved in, right? Don't get your fucking hopes up. To be fair, Sean, that's your mentality with everything. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and how right, right am I? The answer is often. Anyway, fair. thank you very much. 
everybody involved. Thank you, Andy Cox. Everyone involved. Me and you. Thank you very much to me and you, Mug. Thank you very much to Andy Coppin. Thank you very much to Download Festival. Thank you very much to Live Nation. Thank you very much to our Patreon. We love you very, very much. Fucking, that's it. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.